In today's episode, we speak to the wonderful, fabulous, best-selling author and writer Fiona Thomas. She talked about her experiences with Hustle as she moved from being employed to going freelance and how she's navigated the ups and downs to find a balance that now truly works for her. It really is a must-listen if you've got a side hustle or you're wanting to become freelance or self-employed in the future. Lots of top tips in there and I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello and welcome. I am Lindsay, founder of Gold Digger Coaching and your host of the Anti-Hustle Club podcast. I should point out that I'm not 100% anti-hustle, but I am keen to have conversations with people about the good, the bad and the ugly that comes from chasing the hustle culture many of us grew up with. If this podcast can inspire just one person to embrace an anti-hustle hour in their everyday life, then I think we'll be on to a winner. Um, okay, so welcome Fiona to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Um, for people who don't know who you are, where have you been? Um, but also, can you let them know a little bit about you, please? Yeah, so my name is Fiona Thomas. I'm a freelance writer and an author. I started out as a blogger and done a little bit of everything as a freelancer. But now I mainly write books and I host um, writing programmes for people who want to get into writing. Uh, And yeah, I've written a mental health memoir and I've also written a book about how to get into freelancing and that's called Out of Office. Amazing. And I can definitely 100% recommend the freelance book. It's awesome. Um, So thinking all things hustle anti-hustle everything in between how would you define hustle like what does it mean to you yeah it's a word that's kind of like not lost meaning but I think like I still definitely use the term side hustle because I think that really defines a specific thing that I talk about a lot which is Mm -hmm. people a lot of people ask me obviously about how to go freelance and how how can I do it how can I make the leap how can I get clients and I always talk about Um, the safety of a side hustle so having a regular job a full-time job or a part-time job so that your wages are covered mostly and then with your side hustle you can just kind of have fun and try out different types of work you know if you want to get into writing you can pitch to magazines you could um, start a blog but to me a side hustle has has no pressure Mm -hmm. and that's and that's a great thing to me because I would hate to encourage and I I try not to encourage people to just quit their jobs and like and you know sit down at a desk and think hmm I want to start a business because I don't obviously that sounds like a terrible plan I don't think anyone would do that anyway but I try not encourage that so to me like a side hustle is like a fun thing and something that gives you a bit of hope to get out of a, a career or an industry or a job that maybe you don't like so so side hustle to me is like quite a nice thing but hustle the word hustle in general when people are like telling you you've got a hustle I don't like that that does make me feel a bit sick <laughs> um and yeah I think it's just it's just the just the concept of always having to be moving always having to be 
like like a hustle sounds like a panic it's like you're moving quickly yeah without without much <laughs> without any direction without any time to stop um and yeah it sums up what kind of sums up what I felt like in traditional employment which was just constantly spinning plates constantly moving constantly trying to um like constantly being busy but trying to look like I know what I'm doing <laughs> but never really knowing what I'm doing so yeah I definitely associate it with my old work life and I try not to I try not to move with that speed now that I'm self-employed yeah and how did that having that kind of feeling of hustle when you were working what was that like I just felt really panicked and angry and irritable all the time Um, and this was back in like 2000 12 so that's that's when I had my mental breakdown and in the lead up to that I didn't realize what was going on like I just thought I'm irritable I'm angry I can't sleep but I also sleep too much (laughs) Um, I don't want to eat I just want to drink wine I just thought all that was me not being able to cope with work because I wasn't good enough I just I didn't see it as a oh maybe the system is wrong maybe the system is like messed you up and made you burnt out mm-hmm. I thought that I was just rubbish at my job um so yeah I was going through all that and then didn't yeah didn't realize that it was a mental health issue so I just kept pushing forward pushing forward thinking come on classic pull yourself together <laughs> you know yeah. be better at your job um so yeah it felt really I felt very out of control I felt very like not myself and that I was just flying off the handle at every at every moment and in that fight or flight feeling like mm-hmm. all the time. So flying off the handle at things that didn't matter, crying at things that didn't that wouldn't you know, normally cry at. Yeah. Um, my brain wasn't working. I was doing driving lessons at the time and I drove on the wrong side of the road and didn't realise until my driving instructor was like, please pull over. <laughs> So my brain was just like scrambled egg. And how much do you think hustle culture and that kind of the system pushing you towards that fed into those feelings and you ultimately having yeah. that breakdown? I think the the pressure that pushed me into that was definitely like the what it feels like when you graduate. Mm-hmm. So I graduated from uni in music, but I knew that I didn't want to work in music. And okay. and that sent me into a feeling of hurry up and sort yourself out. Hurry up and get a proper job because you've just done a de- degree that is not going to really serve you in, in work because I didn't want to work in music. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do I didn't have any direction but I just felt like right you've got to get a proper job now because you've graduated yeah Um, and yeah that definitely I think when you graduate you just think I've got to have it all sorted out now but if you don't it's probably like 10 years before you figure out what you actually want to do so that pushed me into a picking a job that I didn't want to do Mm -hmm. And be uh, like sticking with it for ages, just because I felt like if I didn't, then that was another failure. Well, I failed. I failed. Not I failed at uni because I I passed and everything. I did well, 
but to me it was a failure because I didn't end up going into that industry Mm -hmm. I thought oh that was a mistake now I've kind of now I'm in this industry like I was working in hospitality hospitality management I was like you've just got to power through just accept that this is life now (laughs) Um, and I suppose like the hustle culture around that was a lot of people a lot of friends and family said to me oh everybody hates their job it's just normal to hate your job and like in my mind when I was like we'd meet me up and I would complain about work I would say like oh, I really really hate my job like it's really stressful in my mind that was me screaming for help mm-hmm. but in a normal context everyone was just like yeah it's rubbish isn't it so I think like my perception of how I was communicating it because I'm yeah. not someone who asks for help like a lot of women like I was I'm independent I don't need help um <laughs> oh, and yeah. I also didn't also didn't know again didn't know it was a mental health thing so in my mind I was like that was me asked that was me saying I'm not coping but and other people told me that I just needed to learn to cope so but that wasn't the reality of the situation the reality was that I was not properly asking for help yeah I was just like playing it cool so yeah people were saying yeah everyone hates their job like it's just normalized that that you're supposed to hate your job or you're supposed to complain about work work is always stressful that's just been normalized yeah. and I remember as well and and that and the last job that I was in before I had my mental breakdown like all my bosses were middle-aged men right and and I was quite young for the job that I was in so I've been promoted quite young and I really felt like people just kind of took advantage of that mm-hmm. people took advantage of the fact that I didn't push back and I didn't I didn't say no like I was always taught like when people when you're offered an opportunity in your career you say yes yeah um, that Richard Branson thing of like you say yes and you figure out how to do it later which in freelance and I actually kind of like that mentality yeah but in work like it just got me into so many situations that I'm like oh my god I have no idea what I'm doing I'm just mm-hmm. having to pretend like I know um but yeah there was a big narrative in my in one of my workplaces of like well you know when you're just starting out you have to you have to work overtime you have to prove yourself all that kind of thing like that wasn't me making that assumption I was literally being told that wow so the message to me was overworking is like the bare minimum yeah (laughs) that's mental isn't it and like what did you think when you were told that like was it like all right okay here I go or was there any kind of feelings of you wanting to push back um I really wanted to push back but the the person that told me was quite a well it was a guy and I just I just think men don't realize how when they're in a position of power which they all are apparently (laughs) in a workplace they don't understand how talking to a young woman as a middle-aged guy or as an older guy in a position of power they don't understand like the imbalance and the kind of instinctive fear that we have as women that not that not that there's a physical threat in that situation but just that we have learned over you know over our lives that men control our careers like they just 
do because they're in the boardroom and they're in management yeah. and they have the power to see whether we are good at our jobs and whether we deserve a promotion, whether we deserve a pay rise. So the person who was telling me that, I just felt like, well, I can't really push back because... You're in control of all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I felt really angry, but also just smiled and said, okay. And did you do it? And you were doing the overtime and yeah, pushing yourself? Yeah. yeah, I was working loads of overtime until I had my mental breakdown just because... It was, it was annoying again. It was one of those things of my... I never actually got clarity on like what my working hours were supposed to be. Mm. Like in my contract, I think it said how many hours I was supposed to work. But I didn't know if that was nine to five. Is it eight to six? How long am I allowed to take from my lunch break? All these vague things that were just never stipulated as a freelancer now you're like oh that's boundaries like you need to have those boundaries like you have those laid out the contract make it clear all those things in the beginning that I was like and too much time had passed for me then to be like actually I know I need a quite a long lunch break how long am I allowed to take but then it was instilled in me that for me to act for me even to ask that would make it look like I don't want to work I feel like, especially in the corporate environment, I know we'll get on to talking about freelance and things, but in a corporate environment, I'm not saying everybody's, every corporate is the same, but generally it's the kind of, we've always done what we've always done and we've always worked hard and we've always worked overtime. So that's what you will do. And the presenteeism of you need to be in the office, you need to have your bum on your seat at six in the morning and not leave till like 11 p.m., do you think that's ever going to properly change? Because I like I know with the pandemic, like there has been a massive shift with now we can we've everybody's proved that they can work remotely, whereas before it was like you can't possibly do it. But do you ever think there's going to be that big shift away from? Yeah, I think it's hard. It's hard to know, isn't it? Because I've been out of the corporate world for so long now mm. um, that maybe things have changed. Like I've I've gone into workplaces and done. Like I do public speaking, so I'll do like um, talks about mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gone into workplaces where it has seen, it has certainly felt like things are different. Um, and the, the workplaces where that has been felt like that, it's been lots of young people. <laughs> it's been like young people who, who have got it ingrained in them now about the importance of balance and the importance yeah. of... Um, prioritizing your mental health so I'd like to think that as those people as the um, as Gen Z rise up and become management I'd like to think that maybe there will be a change Mm. yeah I do from like reading some I've read some research a couple of weeks ago I think it was a PwC article and it was talking about how the importance of well-being in the workplace and the extracurricular things in the workplace were so much higher in priority for Gen Z than they ever have been for any generation before. So maybe there is a a glimmer of hope as we go forward. Yeah, because we are still like people our age are we're in the hangover of our parents' life. So yeah, yeah you'd like to think that things things are starting to change. <laughs> Because the message from like um like older generations is always like just put your head down, get the work done, like don't, don't complain. complain. Yeah, it's just 
and actually like saying actually no that just doesn't work for me now like the conversations that I've had to have with my my parents and and like family it's like well that might have worked for you but it's not working for me and I don't like it so I'm going to change it and they're like are you and sure? I, yeah and I think the thing like I'd be interested to know if you agree like the thing around that I think for for our generation is the shame like the shame of saying that you're not coping the shame of asking like especially as a woman ask knowing what you need and asking for it mm. like how how dare she how yeah. dare she know what she needs and have the audacity to ask for it um whereas I feel like yeah people the next gen- few generations don't have that shame they have they seem to have that kind of confidence of no like I have a right to this thing I have a right to time off I have a right to feel good about myself which is like amazing definitely and yeah I do agree with your point it does feel there is massive shame and guilt around around that situation I think like for 18 months before I had my breakdown I was just in denial like I was like let's power through it's okay um I'll just do a few hours of work on the weekend so it's easier for the week um it's you know I used to wear a badge of honor for like staying in the office till 11 p.m and ordering dinner there like that was a that was not necessarily it wasn't like celebrated as in like high five but it was like wow you're working hard and because you're there like you must be just flying and you're so successful and and all that kind of stuff was I attached all of those things to being successful and when I realized that actually that's not going to help me when I'm having a panic attack in Berlin like when I'm on my own after an event like I was like oh okay yeah that's that's not really working for me Mm. um but it's yeah it's encouraging people of our generation who don't feel comfortable to ask for help to actually ask for help like don't wait please don't wait until you're where I was you know for you to feel like it's okay to ask for help exactly that got a bit deep um but that's good (laughs) um so switching across to freelance then and the work you started doing um after you had your breakdown you kind of went into to work for yourself how has hustle or anti-hustle played a part in your career up to now how's that have you managed that yeah so I after my breakdown I was off work for about a year and then I didn't start freelancing right away like it was never I don't think it was ever like attainable for me actually so it wasn't it was like a dream but I didn't think I'd ever be able to do it so I went from hospitality management back into waitressing so I was like minimum wage job for like four or five years yeah so I was definitely hustling then <laughs> because yeah. I had no no money um but I knew that it was like this is all I can manage like otherwise I'll just set myself back mentally like if I take on any responsibility um so yeah I started uh, blogging started writing and then just kind of managed to get some paid work here and there mm-hmm. so then went into this yeah side hustle basically like I was, I was speaking about before um and when so in 2000 I'd say about 2017 I was living in Birmingham with my husband and I managed to I was doing five days a week as a waitress but it was like kind of part-time hours and I was getting so much paid work that I was I was starting to starting to feel that burnout again I was realizing I'm um, I'm working during the day and then 
I'm writing in the evenings and then it's starting to creep into the weekends. I was writing on the weekends as well. But at that point I was like, but this is, to me it felt in my head I, I separated it because I was like, no, but this is work I want to do. Yeah. This is this is paid work that I want to do and that could turn into a whole new career. So how can I say, how can I say no? So it was like the flip of like, you know, years before of, working hard in a, a job that I hated, I didn't even want to be there, I didn't care about the work that I was doing, to then now, oh, but I'm getting paid to do this. I'm, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this. It's amazing. I love doing it. So why would I why would I not take all this extra work? Why would I not work at the weekend? Um, and I think a lot of self-employed people feel like that, of they justify hustling because they love the work and because yeah. they feel like, I'm, I've got the best job in the world I'm so lucky to do what I want I shouldn't complain because this is what I always wanted um, and I'm busy and it's so good to be busy um, so I kind of teetered on that like that burnout scale for a while mm-hmm. and then eventually asked asked for what I wanted how dare I asked for my um, to drop one day at work they said yes which I was like oh my god like such a buzz when you ask for what you need and then someone's like yeah okay <laughs> like, like, why didn't I ask sooner like yeah it's like you it takes you weeks and weeks to it takes you so long to ask for it and then people say yes it's it's great it's like it's the same same buzz as when you say no to somebody and then you get addicted to saying no to people because you're like oh this feels good <laughs> um so yeah I went down to four days a week and that kind of I was like, ah, oh, that kind of like settled things for a while. But then the more space on my calendar, the more work seemed to come in. So I was like, oh no, it's like, it's happening again. And um, it was my husband. It was like, you're like, you're going the way you were before. You're working too much, like working into the night, starting to get, you know, panicky again. I was having mm-hmm. panic attacks in work and not, again, that thing of, I don't know why. Like, you never know why you've had the panic attack. You're yeah. like, there's, I'm not stressed about anything. I'm not worried about anything. But it's just your body saying, like, this is too much. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, then I asked again, could I drop another day and go down to three days a week? And um, my boss was really lovely and he was like, I'd love to, but it just, that just wouldn't, that just doesn't work for the business. I'm sorry. Um. So I got really upset about that. And then it was my husband that was like, maybe this is just a sign that you need to just make the leap and try full-time freelance. So I definitely went through a period of hustling for, I'd say, about six months Mm -hmm. um, to the point where... But I I always feel like I kind of had to prove to myself that I had enough work to make the leap. So, so yeah, I probably should have stopped hustling a bit earlier. (laughs) But, um, But again, like you're saying, my body eventually was like, okay, you can't do this anymore need to stop um and yeah that's when I made the leap into freelancing um and I say like I've definitely been in the hustle mindset as a freelancer like I think because you are fully responsible for your own income mm-hmm. you just do have periods where you're in a panic and you go oh no like I have to <laughs> I have to make up this money somehow yeah. and you do go into that hustle mode and I think it's just it's just learning that when it, when you aren't in that mindset, it's okay to pull back. So having kind of ebbs and flows, I think, in freelancing is fine. Um, because in the corporate world, you're expected to have like you're expected to have like a hundred percent energy between the hours of nine and five. <laughs> like 
and to never ever a minimum yeah yeah like to be like consistent all the time whereas I've always known that that's not me like I have moods to do with my mental health and I know that some days I'm better than others so I kind of just like have accepted that sometimes I do work longer hours but then sometimes I work a lot less Mm -hmm. and I just kind of like try to be intuitive about it and try to allow myself breaks and allow myself peaks and troughs how do you get your head around the peaks and troughs of going from like 100 miles an hour to like 50 like how do you how did you get over that I've not I've not gone full pelt like worked worked really really hard in a long time (laughs) um well I do work hard but I've never I've not overworked Mm -hmm. I don't think and probably since out of office came out because the PR stuff around a book publication is quite intense and definitely feels kind of out of your control because mm-hmm. if you get offered exciting things you you feel oh just this one chance I don't want to say no yeah so so since that which was October 2020 I feel like I've been really chill since then mm. I feel like I've really intuitively slowed everything down I've like I've had a lot of intent with my business I feel yeah. like I know what I want I know that I don't want to work all day I know I want to work for like two or three hours a day <laughs> I'm quite happy with that um so I feel like I've been really a nice chilled pace since then but yeah how oh how do I get my head around the the peaks I think I just talk to people just talk to people and I say I'm really busy (laughs) I'm really tired and doing some exercise having a really hot bath and doing some yoga and going a walk all that stuff to kind of just ground me in my Mm -hmm. body because I think when you're when you're in that hustle mode it's your head that just feels scrambled and I don't think you can out or I can't outthink that yeah um even something like I bought a guitar in lockdowns playing a guitar like playing the guitar can like get rid of a headache for me because really? yeah because I'm just like you know in yoga where you're just like all I can think about is like I love balance poses in yoga because all you can do is concentrate on not falling over yeah and it just it just seems to do this magical thing to my brain that makes it chill out um so yeah guitar is good like anything kind of physical for me really like helps ground me and like just take me out of that that cycle of overthinking which you get into when you're in hustle mode which is your brain looks for more things to do <laughs> like like do you do this when you're in panic mode you start thinking of new oh I could do this I could run this program I should put oh, this on Instagram your brain just looks for more things to do all the time I feel like I've got like um shiny magpie syndrome Mm-hmm. all the time I'm like oh over here this looks amazing oh I could do this and yes let's do that it's like no stop calm yeah. down and that's anxiety yeah massively I'm just like oh let's do everything mm-hmm. it's um yeah it's not fun it's a run a journey for sure yeah. <laughs> I definitely am anyway um when you spoke about being able to kind of get into that chilled vibe and kind of setting up your days how you wanted them after the um the book talk was it a tour you did like the book no because it came out during 2020 Uh, so it was all online (laughs) (laughs) how could I forget um but what kind of conscious things conscious decisions did you make to 
really take a step back like to get into that that space where you felt you could work a few hours a day and that's how you wanted to do it and you said that you felt really sure on what you wanted to achieve like how did you get into that mindset so I worked I worked with a mentor first of mm-hmm. all I worked with um Jo Hooper who who runs Mad and Sad Club and she really helped me figure out what I wanted from my business and what I also just what I wanted in general mm-hmm. I was like I just want to I just want to write I just want to be creative I want time to be able to work on my writing projects and anyone who doesn't know when you're writing a book a lot of the time you don't see any payoff like financially or even see if it gets um, taken on by a publisher until you've written the whole thing um, which wow. is obviously like quite a big time commitment but I love I love writing so I was like that's what I want to do I want I want the space to be creative. I also want the space to become a better writer because I knew I wanted to run these programs. So I was like, I want time for my personal development so that I can do writing courses and I can read about writing and I can um, continue my practice and really be the best writer I can be. So I was clear on what I wanted as in like how I wanted to feel day to day. So that really helped. Um, And from that, I kind of, worked backwards and thought like well what so what kind of work day-to-day would I like to be doing what kind of clients would I like to work with how would I like to deliver that stuff and little things like that just reminding yourself that oh it probably would be it probably makes more sense to create something that's pre-recorded so that then you can just it's always there on your website and then people could download it. But I had this block of that's so much work to pre-record mm-hmm. a course. Let me, and then Joe was like, well, just do it live then. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it was, it was taking yourself out that thing of how you think you should do it because the way yeah. you've seen other people in your industry do it and then just saying, oh, okay, well, even though this way maybe feels a bit more rough around the edges, it definitely feels more me. Yeah. Um, and what I found over time was that actually I bring a different energy when I'm live mm-hmm. and when I pre-record myself I'm I just I'm just slightly different and I actually quite enjoy the excitement of being live mm-hmm. as you know you've been in groups where I just awkwardly crack jokes all the time and overshare <laughs> but I just think that's it's amazing as part of my personal brand <laughs> so um so yeah just like leaning into that what's the easiest way that I could do this what's the it may not be the the most professional and the most shiny but what's the easiest way for me what's going to make my life comfortable and easy and what's going to feel aligned with the way I want to work Mm -hmm. um so I kind of made like worked backwards from this like creative vision that I had for myself worked backwards and made decisions that way um and thought really thought about right how many clients do I want to work with over the space of a month how many days do I want to work um, what hours would I like to work and and making sure that I had those in my mind so that when I was you know writing contracts or um, setting up when programs would take place so that it suited me not just suited the people that I was working with mm-hmm. so like the time of day the day of the week how much of my energy I was giving to people so asking myself questions like does there really need to be like a a one-to-one element with this program or can it just be a group program like to stop giving so much of myself in every mm-hmm. area and um, and actually 
yeah just because I think we're told like you've got to do what the customer wants what the client wants all the time so Joe just really helped switch my mindset to well think about what you want first do it that way yeah <laughs> and see and see if that works um and it also really helped me to figure out yeah how much I wanted to work like as in not how much can I work how much do I want to work and like pull that right back and then figure out figure out a, a program based on that and then figure out my pricing based on that as well mm-hmm. um so that I wasn't always chasing more clients um I had my kind of this is how many clients I think would be nice and based on that that's how much I'd have to charge so then you're not plucking a number out of thin air you've actually mm-hmm. you know that if you don't charge that then you would have to work more and that wouldn't be good for your mental health so making those kind of connections was really helpful that's great and it sounds like setting some boundaries around there around what you you said you know you could work a lot of hours but what do you want to work how did that feel it sounds feel like it sounds very refreshing to me yeah it was great basically after my book came out in 2020 I took December took December off because it came out in October I did PR in the November and then December I was like I just I know I'm burnt out I just need to take time off so Mm -hmm. I took most of December off and just worked I think I worked like Monday Tuesday for a couple of hours and apart from that I just did lots of writing lots of reading and I think after that month I just thought like I just want this to be my life <laughs> like, to, yeah. like and as somebody who's always loved work and somebody who's all like I love my job I love my career I just thought I can love my job and still work less like that can this can be okay and I think ever since then I've been a lot stricter with my boundaries mm-hmm. and I've been a lot more just a lot kinder to myself about working a shorter day I think that's the big thing for me working a shorter day and and allowing myself the, the freedom especially in the morning to to start work at a time that feels right to me not not setting an alarm to get up at seven to be at my desk for eight and be you know showered and everything and ready to go on a call at 8 a.m like I've never been a morning person and when I worked in hospitality I hated like I used to start work at half six sometimes oh my god I know and I hated it I've never been a morning person and as a writer it's quite strange because so many writers are morning people so yeah although I've got better boundaries I'm also not strict about start times and finish times I'm very much a like you know wake up at half nine have a coffee mill around for a bit check my diary (laughs) like maybe start work at like 11 um I'm very very loose about my my working day and that's that's been a big a big shift for me to allow myself to do that because it's just what I need I need this I need a way I need a while to get going in the morning but that's great that you've been able to recognize that and then do something about it that kind of fits in with what you want to do. That's really yeah. lovely. Aww. I think the the big thing was when I was I'd been freelancing, I think, for about a year and I was really struggling to get up in the morning. Um and I went into a Facebook group with other freelancers and I said, Does anybody get any tips on how to get up early in the morning? And every single person said, We're freelance. You don't have to get up early in the morning. <laughs> What's the point? It, everyone was just like, stop making yourself trying to... It was all these people who'd been freelance and obviously for 10, 15 years and they were all like, this is why you went self-employed. Don't get up early. And that was a big 
switch for me. I was like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I can choose when I'm going to work and yeah. how it's going to work for me. That's really amazing. Um, I had a question around um, like what advice would you give somebody who was currently like in full on hustle mode but wants to kind of step away from it but, but doesn't know how like what advice would you give to them mm. for me it's about uh, prioritizing because a lot of the time you yeah when you like we spoke about you when you're in that anxiety panic mode your brain just thinks that everything is important like whether it's work life personal life like I remember I was like the house has to be spotlessly clean all the time I have to wear an immaculate full face makeup every day. Um, I have to have all my clothes laid out the night before. And then in work, it was like, yeah, this new project is just as important as this staff training thing. Everything just seemed so important. Um, and I really, I do think that you're, I'm actually reading this really good book at the moment called Stolen Focus. And it's all about how when you're, when you're stressed, you can't think clearly. And I think, that definitely happens when you're overworked like mm-hmm. you can't prioritize so when I'm when I'm getting burnt out and stressed that's what I try to do is I look at everything on my diary and I score out anything that I think is not important but if I can't figure that out because I'm stressed I will ask someone else to look at it mm-hmm. I think that can be really helpful so if you're in employment in employment like ask a colleague to look at it or if you if you get on with your supervisor or your boss ask them to help because it's quite nice to have a validation from someone else to say oh that meeting you've got tomorrow afternoon that's that's not important please don't worry about it we'll cancel it um and then if you're self-employed I'll call on like somebody like Joe or another freelance pal and I'll just say can I just talk you through like here's what I've got on like this week I'm feeling a bit stressed can you help me figure out what I should cancel and what I should prioritise? Mm. And I find that's really helpful because it just, to me, when I'm burnt out, I just need that space. I need that breathing space in between yeah. to just clear my mind, to maybe catch up with, you know, maybe use that time to catch up with my life admin, so to do a wash, to have a bath, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, prioritising is really important for me. And if you're not... um. What I'll do if I've got a really big to-do list and I'm not, you know, it just feels like too much to do. I'll just prioritise it by deadline. So, like, when is something due? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what you'll often find is stuff to the bottom of the list, the stuff that doesn't have a deadline because you've just kind of invented it of, like... Oh, so true. Like, even yesterday I was speaking to um, somebody... And they were like, or oh, it was another freelancer. And they were like, I really need to um, block out tomorrow and I need to plan all my Instagram content. And I was like, well, you don't need to plan. Maybe you don't need to plan a month's worth of content. You could just plan next week. And she was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> thanks. Because we just get it, like, you just got it in your head of this arbitrary number of, like, oh, wouldn't it be great to have a month a month ahead planned? And I was like, just plan next week. Like, just, just you know look down and just get that little step forward you don't need to um, stress yourself out so and that again was having somebody from outside looking in 
Mm -hmm. I'm saying I've got a fresh perspective it doesn't look like that's important to me like maybe it's it's not as important as you think it is in this moment definitely yeah completely agree and I think often there's things on our lists that I will ask like when I'm talking to clients like there's something on your list that's been there for a long time and you just keep adding it to another list how important is that for you to really Mm. do or is it just something you feel like you should have on your list but it's never getting done so maybe just take it off and no one will notice you know do you actually need to do the thing that you keep rolling over every week on your to-do list because Mm -hmm. if it was really that important you'd have prioritized it and kind of found a way to do it um rather than it just rolling over and I've had yeah yeah I think a lot of the time it's on the list because we're just we think if I don't write it down I'll forget about it so write it down somewhere and just I don't know stick it on the wall or something so is it you know it's there when you if you ever have time to go back to it but don't yeah make your list unnecessarily long um and then what advice would you give we talked to them quite a lot about side hustle at the beginning and obviously for you that has like a different connotation to hustle culture which I completely agree with um how would you help people or give advice to people that have got a side hustle but are in that that kind of between period of is it time to jump is it not time to jump like they don't want to get burnt out but they still want to move forward like what advice would you mm. give in that situation yeah the, the the way it worked for me was yeah dropping a day at work so if you can like because it's really hard to say no to like like I was experiencing really hard to say no to the work that you love mm. um, and to turn away work when you then have to go to your day job and do jo- a, potentially a job that you hate so if you can pull back on regular employment when you're making and you're actually making money from your side hustle then I would say do it because it just feels nice like it feels nice that feels like progress that feels yeah. like a big a big jump forward so if you can do that then I think that's amazing um it's really it's really helpful and I suppose the other thing I would say is make a yeah make a plan financially so that when you make the leap it doesn't feel like you've just kind of decided one day to to give it a go Mm -hmm. you know think practically about how much how much is going to cost you to live in the first six months of your business if you're not making any money Mm -hmm. and can you can you build your in full-time employment and you know you're getting that regular wage can you trim back your your own kind of expenses and outgoing so that you can start saving so that you've got a, a a pot there that's what I did I had like about three months I'd like to have more but the way it worked out didn't so I had about three months of savings in the bank account so that I knew my bills and everything were paid for the first mm-hmm. three months yeah um, but it was great to 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 go into that with that buffer but also know that I already had a lot of clients when I made the jump into full-time freelancing so it wasn't like I sat down at a desk and was having to start looking for work so mm-hmm. if you can make it a transition like it's never going to be seamless but make it a transition where you're already being paid for work and you make the leap then I think that's that'll give you that peace of mind um and the, the financial secu- you know as much financial security as you could hope for when yeah. you're self-employed that's really great advice I'm definitely going to be writing that one down <laughs> well, I don't need to write down because I've got the recording of the podcast it's fine oh yeah I'm just checking I'm recording I was like oh my god what if I haven't recorded this I have don't worry um just the kind of last thoughts then so what do you think are the is the kind of the future of hustle 
or what does the kind of future of hustle mean to you do you think what's going to be the the next stage do you think we're going to go back around in a circle and get back to all the kind of angry men on instagram shouting like work harder don't sleep or i do think that people have had well first of all people everyone's tired right yeah (laughs) everyone's tired everyone's and like tired has a new like I don't know tired doesn't even cover it like everybody's level a new a new sense of tired that we have never experienced before this like cognitive overload of just like oh my goodness how do we recover from everything we've just been through so I do feel like people are in a state now where they probably are much more likely to ask for what they need Mm -hmm. and and we've seen a way of working now that potentially is more accommodating to that so working from home um but I think unfortunately at the moment it probably is on the individual to ask for that mm-hmm. I don't really see employers obviously every company is different yeah but I don't really see employers making like a huge a huge shift in the way they work um at the moment it feels like it is on the individual which we're seeing like lots of people are resigning yeah everyone's leaving and everybody is looking everyone is when they're applying for jobs looking for um companies that will support their mental health and give them flexibility and remote working and all that kind of thing so I guess in that way like employees are kind of voting with their feet and going to the places that that will um, offer those other benefits Mm. So hopefully things have started to change. Um, for me, definitely the pandemic has made me realise that being slow is a vibe I'm into. Yeah. <laughs> being slow and having lots of space and lots of lots of just time for stuff that I actually want to do, like reading, writing, being creative, seeing friends. All that stuff is as valid as work and actually feeds into work anyway because um, it makes me happy. And apparently in this book that I was reading, like people in traditional work or in any work are actually only focused for about three hours a day. And that actually like fits in pretty accurately with how much work I feel I can do a day before I start to feel a bit sick mm-hmm. <laughs> and a bit a bit brain scrambly. Yeah. So I think three hours a day is like my, that's my new goal. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Um. Well, look, Fiona, thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. It's been a wonderful chat. Um. So much for sharing your story with us. Um. For people that would like to connect with you, work with you, tell us a little bit about what you've got going on and how people can can find you. Yeah. So if you're thinking about going freelance, or if you want to, um, kind of reshape your self-employment life out of office is my book it's available on amazon bookshop.org all the other bookshops it's also on audible if you've got audible credits mm-hmm. you can get it on there uh, and you can find out about me and my work and my writing program on my website uh, which is fiona likes to blog.com uh, and you can come chat to me on instagram which is at fiona likes to blog as well amazing well thank you so much i will Stop recording now, but have a wonderful rest of day and I will speak to you soon. Thanks. Bye. You have been listening to the Anti-Hustle Club podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you've been able to embrace just a little bit of anti-hustle into your everyday. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, leave a review and give us a follow at the Anti-Hustle Club on Instagram.